Summer is just around the corner and I could not be more excited. Those warmer, sunnier days are calling, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to their menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals, which is so helpful for me, especially during those busy summer months. As you know, my mom and I, or at least me, are not great in the kitchen. I need to have things that are easy to cook and delicious and healthy. So Factor checks all those boxes for me. Make today the day you kickstart a healthy new routine. So what are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. You can choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Factor truly has it all. So head to factormeals.com slash barbknowsbest5050 and use barbknowsbest5050 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code barbknowsbest50 at factormeals.com slash barbknowsbest50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. It is I. It is me. It's Michelle. <laughs> it is I. <laughs> the grammar police inside me could not figure out which was the right one, but I know that you will tell me. No, it's you. It's Michelle Maros. It's it is I. Yeah, it is I. It is I, Michelle. Oof, doesn't sound right, but I know that it is right. It is I. Anyways, my name is Michelle and your name is Barbara <laughs> and we have a podcast. <laughs> and we're excited to be here. As Barb always. knows best. Um, how are you doing today? I, I'm always happy to be here because I love doing this podcast with you, Michelle. And I love being, you know how I am. I love being with people. I love, love being with people. I love talking with people and I love the fact that we are having a conversation with people in our living room. But can I just say something? Sure. I know that to be true about you, but since so much of your life has been changing and evolving and people coming and going, I have noticed that um, now that you have so much more space in your life because of the changes, 
you seem to be even more happy to be around people and to engage with people and to talk to people. We just got back from a trip. We went to my favorite place, not Disney World, but Bloomington, Indiana. And um, you were like Chatty Cathy, Social Susie. And it's funny because I don't know you to be that way like I know you love people but you've always been tired you know your energy reserves for socializing haven't always been there but to see you just like flourishing in social situations because that is who you are was really cool I love that thank you I I feel the same way I feel I feel what you're saying and I think this is a whole episode maybe a whole month long episode of talking about how when you claim back your energy and you look at ways that your energy was seeping out and that you were not showing up as your authentic self sometimes because you were afraid or you thought you were too sensitive or you, all the things. And so, yes, I've been through a major upheaval in my life in the past year. So as I've cleared away, quote, the wreckage of the past, it's interesting to see as, as you start to make sense of what's happened in the past and you start to make peace with it, not that it was okay, Whenever we say forgiveness or make peace with it, it doesn't mean that it, what happened was okay. It just means that I'm not allowing it to steal my joy anymore. So I think what you saw in me this weekend at Bloomington, Indiana was I was so joyful because I know that that's your happy place. You're an alum of Indiana University. Bloomington is a love and it's a, it's a beautiful city. And I love being there with you because I love experiencing all the things that you love about Indiana and Bloomington. So I was fully... You know, I'm, I always think that I'm fully present, but when your energy is 100% and you're fully present and your energy is 100%, it's amazing how much you enjoy the little, simple, beautiful things in life. So I, I, it's, it is a whole episode. I, I'm going to want to talk about this for several episodes soon. As I've said, I'm going to share a lot of what I've been going through in the past year even more so and some more details about it, what I've learned and what I, what I notice is what I notice has, is happening to me. But one of the greatest things that is happening is exactly what you just said. I, I am so much more present. I am so much more joyful. I, I have so much more energy. I I mean, you stay out till late at night with people and the barb I know from my past was like 8 PM. She's out. I used to always say about myself, I'm in love with mother nature. I love nature. There is nothing that fortifies me more than nature and animals. I am so much fortified. I am so fortified now. I'm so much more fortified now and so much more in love with and joyful with life, everything about life, every aspect of life. And especially I love human beings. So I love, so it's been so fun. I truly, truly love the moments of my life today. As I've come out of this really traumatic, chaotic, uh, several years. So yes, we had such a great time. We did. And thanks so much to everyone who came up to us and said hi and shared that you listen to the podcast or you like to connect with us online that means so much to us so if you ever see us out and about please come say hi we really it's so nice to meet 
the community and be face to face and just hear the episodes that resonate with you or the episodes that you really enjoyed or the ones that, you know, impacted you. We just love it. So thanks so much. And we talk about this being a town forever. We talk about this being a community and we are, we are in love with community. The idea that we can, we're, that's why we do this. We share our experiences because we want all of our lives to be thriving and happy and joyful and fun and successful. Even though the outside world is difficult, we, we really want to be part of a community with you. So it feels like that. And I'm excited about that. I always was excited about it because this is what I do. This is what I love so much. But I think you can feel my energy and my ability to sustain my energy. Yes, that's a good word. Very that's different. a good way to describe it. Yeah, the energy hasn't changed. I, I show up every day loving what I do. But the sustainability of it, because nothing is dragging it down. I don't have all the chaos and the turmoil and the tra- trauma. Yeah. It's like when, you know, you have a snow globe and you shake it and all the stuff is all over the place. But then when you leave it alone, it settles. It's like the snow globe is settling for you. I love it. I'm so excited. And, oh my gosh, this episode has me, literally, if you were in the living room with us right now, I would be standing on the sofa, jumping up and down on the sofa. Like Tom Cruise? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. So, like, because (laughs) I, we're going to do a whole episode, probably the next episode we do, but we're going to do a whole episode on reading and the books that Michelle and I love the most and that have taught us the most and shaped our lives the most. But this this particular topic that we're going to talk about today, literally, I would have to say has been the foundation of my bulimia recovery, but has also been the foundation of my life. Whenever I'm at a loss or whenever I'm in trouble or when I don't mean trouble that, ooh, I did something to somebody, but I just mean stuck or like, oh my gosh, what, what do I do here? Whenever I think about anything, especially if it has to do with relationships or difficulties, extreme difficulties in life, this is the book that I turn to. This is the author that I turn to. And I am really excited to have a conversation about this today. Well, it's funny that we had not yet talked about this because like you said, this is really the, this is one of your favorite topics. The book that we're going to talk about is like a book that you probably have 20 copies of in your house that you're just always constantly giving to people. I probably have five copies, at least in my house. This is a topic you and I have talked about in our own lives. The concepts of this topic have really helped me to grow and evolve and to let go of bad relation, not bad, toxic relationships or get out of romantic relationships and to just really see where I'm contributing to difficult relationships. It's just like, it's wild to me that we haven't talked about it yet. And it came up to me and I'm like, we need to talk about it. And especially coming off of our conversation last week about friendships and relationships and them coming and going and ending. It's like, this is a huge piece of all of it. Well, because I think this shines the light on our part. You just said it's a huge piece because it's our piece. It's how we interact. It's how we show up. It's what's happening inside of us that's driving us to form the relationship that we're in and to form the relationship that we have with ourselves. 
and to actually dictate how we're showing up in the world, actually. And I know we've talked about this book several times throughout different episodes this past year, but we've never really highlighted the book, so I'm excited. All right, all right. So we're going to talk about codependency. Yeah, Codependency and Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. Okay, so that's the book, obviously. She revolutionized how we show up for relationships in my mind. I actually remember when I was going through the breakup that I allude to all the time on this show, I have a vivid memory of like sitting in my bathtub being like so unwell and depressed and sad and just blech and reading that book and just like help me figure out my life. And like, as I was reading it, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. I understand. It sucks, but I understand. And just her words and this concept of codependency. Like, you know, you hear like, oh, you're, you're code. Oh, I don't know. Do people call each other? You said you don't feel like you hear this term a lot anymore. I don't feel like I hear it a lot. And I really think that it's time for it to be brought back into the mainstream of relationships. <laughs> probably because I think it's it's been the number one book that has changed my life when it comes to relationships with myself and relationships with others, relationships with the world, relationships with work, relationships with nature, just relationships. It It is so telling of how we show up and really basically what it is that, you know, I say how we show up, but what are we embodying when we show up? Like, what do we think? What do we feel? What is our motive? It's it like for me, it encompasses everything. So I really want to revolutionize, revolutional, revolutionalize. Is that a word? Revolutionize. Revolutionize. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm too excited. Like I'm over the moon. Make up your own word. I'm over the moon about this book, but I want to, I really want people to be aware of this because for me, it did two things. Not only is it the foundation that I've relied upon since 1984. So that would be almost what? Almost 40 years. Don't say that, please. So That's not only not did right it math, not only did it, do it <laughs> I just say that because that, I know, I know. Not only did it do that, but I also that feel eggs the, the age button in me. <laughs> not only did it do that for me, but the, I think it even, I don't want to say even bigger thing, but an equally substantial thing that it did for me is it made me feel better. It gave words and meaning to what I was feeling and doing. And so to have Melody Beattie talk about this and her own relationships and her own experiences, which I love how vulnerable she was in this book and is to this day with her work, it made me feel not alone. It made me feel like, wow, I'm not the only one. Wow, there's a name for what I'm doing. There's a, there's a way that I could actually transform all of this. I don't have to be this way. I actually have a choice and can, there's another path for me. It just, all those light bulbs went off for me when I read the book. Now, just to remember, <laughs> I read the book. I just want to make sure if you haven't listened to other episodes, please go back. You know, I went into treatment for bulimia when I was 28 years old. So when I got out of treatment, this was one of the first books that I read. So, so it does seem like this concept is used a lot in treatment and recovery from addiction or Al-Anon, which I think is how I knew the concept. You taught, told me about it, and then I read the book. So maybe, I don't know. 
And I'm going to give a plug for the book here. Every therapist should be using it. Because if you're going into therapy, there's two things happening. You have relationship issues with other people or you have a relationship issues with yourself. It's relationship. Everything is relationships. So I think any therapist would be served greatly and, and their clients would be served well with this book. All right. So codependency, according to Psychology Today, is a dysfunctional relationship dynamic where one person assumes the role of the giver, sacrificing their own needs and well-being for the sake of the taker. The bonding question doesn't have to be romantic. It can occur just as easily between parent and child, friends, and family members. Oh, hello. (laughs) The term codependency first appeared in substance abuse circles to describe a lopsided relationship that had been consumed and controlled by one person's addiction. But, of course, it grew in popularity and became shorthand for any enabling relationship. Codependency is not a clinical or diagnosis or personality disorder, but I guess there's some debate and controversy amongst it, but it's it's a relationship pattern. Yeah, it's just it's a, pat- a background. It's a pattern. It's what I said. It's a it gives name to what we're doing. <laughs> it gives name to when we want to put someone else's happiness and best interest above our own. You know, it gives name to being okay if we're if someone abuses us, uh, us just because then later they say, I'm sorry, I love you. Like it gives name to everything that some of us, many of us experience in life. So no, it's not a diagnosis, but for me it was like, wow, I'm doing all of that and it makes sense that this is what I am. I'm being codependent. Well, what's interesting, and we can link to this article by Psychology Today if you want to read more about the clinical aspects of it, but like we talked about in the episode last week, you know, what? how do we view relationships and what makes them healthy and what makes them strong or whatever the, the things that we want in relationship might be, it's an equal exchange. We both show up with that grace, space, and understanding you know, you show up for me, I show up for you. We communicate. But that's not the case when you're in a codependent relationship. It's lopsided. It's lopsided. And I think what what I realized when I first read this book and heard about this term codependency is that I was fully reliant, fully, fully, imagine this, fully reliant on, on the actions, the beliefs, the opinions, even the identity of another person. So what it said to me when I got out of treatment was, Barb, it is so vital that you find out who you are. Like you don't even know who you are. And I think so many of us, I mean, that is the the million dollar question in life. Who am I? Why am I here? That is the beautiful question of, of, you know, understanding, you know, who we are, what we want in life. But let's just keep it simple here that who am I? Like what matters to me or what actions would I want to take? What do I actually believe? What do I think? Uh, what do I identify as? You know, who? it's just so, it's so, you can, I hope you can hear it in my voice and my energy. Like I am always so beautifully amazed that I didn't know any of that. Or if I thought that I knew what I believed, I, I would bypass it to make someone else happy. 
mm-hmm. oh, okay, I don't really believe what you're saying. I don't really like what you're saying, but it's okay because I want you to be happy or I want you to be right or I want you to be my friend. So it's really, 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 it's just so, it's just, I don't even have the words. It's just that important. And a codependent person is, I'm going to use these words again, is fully, is someone who is fully reliant, reliant on other people's actions and beliefs and opinions and for our own identity. So when I went to a retreat, I don't know, 15 years ago with one of my favorite teachers, he said, he went through this whole uh, talk and then at the end he said, listen, no one ever has the power to name who you are. Mm. That is your right. You are the one that can name who you are. And I just started crying. I remember thinking, wow, it just tied me right back to this book and this idea, who I am matters so much. Why would I ever put that power in someone else's hands? So if if you're at all wondering if you're in a codependent relationship or you are codependent with, with life or nature or, or work or whatever it is, just nature. think about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's interesting. <laughs> no, no one and nothing has the power to name who you are. That is your right. So owning your own greatness and owning your own power is crucial, I think, in living the life that we came here to live and being happy and successful and being well-rounded in the life that we want to live and feeling grounded and safe. I mean... We can't be safe if we're if other people have the key to our lives. How how does that ever make us safe? Safety comes from knowing you have everything that you need within you to handle whatever life throws your way. Yeah. And I think what's interesting for a lot of us is that maybe we get down the road in a relationship and it takes us a while to kind of come to the realization that we're in a codependent relationship or that we're acting codependent on somebody, at least for me in my experience, you know, and it's hard because one of my biggest examples of this is when I was in my twenties in a romantic relationship. And I think perhaps I didn't know any better, but For me, my whole persona, like you said, who am I? I had no concept of that because I was so overly invested in maintaining this relationship that I let all aspects of myself go to the side. And I did whatever I felt like it took to maintain the relationship or to make that person happy. And I was miserable. And I think the other person in the relationship was miserable but it was like this weird dynamic that you you keep going to go. And what's interesting about it is just nobody's happy in a codependent relationship. Nobody wants the other person to, well, in a healthy relationship, the other person does not want you to give up your entire sense of self to maintain a relationship. It's, you know, two whole people coming together, not a shell of one person, like encapsulating another person. I think it's totally impossible to give up yourself and live with any sense of 
freedom or happiness or caring. It's just, it's just not possible. We can give of ourselves, but we can't give ourselves up. And I hope this makes sense to everyone listening because I've really spent a lifetime sorting this out because I gave myself up. I totally gave, I totally thought that all of other people's needs had to come before mine. I thought that I couldn't live without certain people, that my life would be over if certain people weren't in it. I, I mean, yeah. my happiness depended on if you were happy. And if you weren't happy, then I was. I mean, it's just that that's what codependency means. Like you aren't your own self. We are not meant to be enmeshed with other people. We're meant to be our own selves. And then we come together as two complete selves. That's why I really, really, really despise that yeah. Jerry Maguire you complete me. Often. Other people cannot complete us. They can add to our happiness. They can add to our success. They can add to, but if we need something from the outside world to complete us in order to be happy, successful, loving, caring, it can never work because the outside world changes every single moment and every single minute of every single day. So I think not being grounded in your own sense of self with the capital S is a disaster. It, it, it can't work. It it will it will lead to unhappiness, discomfort, being unsatisfied, constantly searching. And I think we are searching. I mean, we're always learning and growing and becoming. But I just I really feel strongly, and I hope you can hear this in my energy. I think they can. I just feel so strongly that we are meant to be an independent person coming together in a relationship with another independent person. No one can be fully reliant on another person. It cannot work. So if you're thinking that, and if, you're, if you find yourself feeling that, it's really important just to be okay that you're normal. I would say probably most of the people on the planet are that way. Rarely do you find someone who understands that I have to be independent and then I can be interdependent with another person, you know, and everyone in the world loved that you complete me, that line in the Jerry Maguire movie, and it, and it just can't be. So I think give your, let yourself off the hook, give yourself blessings and grace, as you always say, Michelle, and some space, and just kind of think about this for a minute and really just think about, I think, start to contemplate over the next week, two, month, year, lifetime, <laughs> you know, what do I need? Who am I? And how do I want to show up? And, and I've been using this word shape shift a lot. I'm not sure how this came into my vocabulary lately. Cause I, I used to say it, you used to say it a lot. Like don't shape shift, be who you are, be where your feet are in the present moment, exactly how you are. Okay. That was a lot. I know. I know it, it was good, but um, now let's dissect it. So I wanted to say that this ties into a lot of what we talked about in last week's episode of relationships because of that concept of loyalty or, you know, um, longstanding relationships, doing whatever it takes to maintain it or family, you know, blood is thicker than, I think that phrase blood is thicker than water leads us into codependent behaviors you know accepting anything because of their family and I know at least for me in my relationships or this particular relationship that I was talking about I thought that like a good girlfriend 
quote unquote, whatever that means, was just loyal and loving and willing to do whatever it took to make the relationship work. And so I viewed my behaviors as like good, like, oh, I'm just doing what I need to do to maintain this or what I thought I needed to do to maintain this. And because I had all of those beliefs and notions instilled inside of me, and really it took reading the book Codependent No More to kind of break down some of those beliefs and preconceived notions and just really be able to kind of zoom out of my own life to see that being quote-unquote good in a relationship is being yourself and not trying to force something or make something happen the way that you think that it should, but just showing up in that way that's authentic to you in a kind and respectful way. But the dynamic is so different. It's It changes everything. You just said the quote of the episode. You were doing in the relationship what you thought you needed to do to maintain the relationship. Because I, you were doing what you thought you needed to do. You were doing the good thing. You were doing the right thing. You were doing what you, what was expected of you, what you thought you needed to do. So I think, can I just say yes. before it leaves my brain? I think back in that period of time, I was in this relationship. Was I happy sometimes, fully? No. Was it a healthy relationship? No. But my own sense of self was extremely lacking. My own sense of self-worth was clearly very lacking. So I didn't think that, for me, the, the idea of ending that relationship was not even on the table. It wasn't possible because this relationship can't end. What, what would I do? Where would I go? Who would I find next? Um, what would that mean about my life? What would that make me if this relationship didn't work? So before even thinking about the other person, those were all of the things going through my head about this romantic relationship. So thinking about about all of that, I had to put everything else aside. Like if I didn't like something in the relationship or if there was a dynamic that didn't make me feel good or if there were, you know, social patterns that I didn't like or just things that weren't aligned with who I am or what I wanted, I put all of that aside to keep the relationship going because there was, in my mind, there was no other option. Like, I have to keep it going because what else is there for me? It was like, in my mind, there was nothing else out there that I could do or have or be. It was like that or nothing, which is so wild. It's that black and white thinking where life is really in the gray. But that's where it kept me stuck and created that codependent pattern because there was no leaving it. It was just making something toxic, maybe a little less toxic by making it work. And I think what you just said equals codependency, but I don't even know if you even identified it as being toxic at the time. It's only been passed. I mean, because I think what, to go to the extremes that you just talked about. Toxic, but I I can change it. I can fix it. To go to the extremes that you just talked about means that you were participating in a relationship. You were engaged in a relationship in things, many, many things that went against your best interest. That, you know, um, 
ignored your intuition. Knew, you went against everything that you knew that you wanted and it kind of corrupted or co-opted what you thought you wanted. And so you feel stuck and you feel trapped and you basically lost yourself because you had no, yourself was so tied up in all of this and I got to do this. I can't leave. I can't change it. I can't, all the things. But I think when you just said what you said was really, really telling, there was a little piece of you that thought ultimately it might change. Like if it was I, a phase. If, like if I just do all the things that I need to do, make him happy, whatever it is, it'll eventually change. But I think the key to relationships that are codependent, the key to everyone listening right now, the idea that you lose yourself, your sense of identity, your desires. There's, a, there's such a blurred line to even if you're happy or not. And, and you think there, there's no kind of boundaries because you just, there is no sense of a boundary. So it, it, I, I think it's people pleasing at the most extreme level possible. So it's really interesting as we look at this and please don't judge yourself if you feel like you're falling into this category, because I'm telling you many, 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 many people are in this category. It's so hard to actually identify it because we're so used to it. Yeah. Well, we think especially when we're younger, we think it's a phase. Like I thought, you know, this is a difficult time. We have different interests. We're still young. We're growing and evolving. And at some point it'll be okay. Things but, will be better. But I, I just wanna, have to get through the bad parts. But it, yes, that happens to young people. It happens to middle-aged people. Okay. No, I'm it, speaking from my own experience of like what Got it. People in my age range at that time thought. I understand it. And I, what I want to say is I think it's, it progresses to every age. Yes, it does. So I think it'd be good to just maybe highlight what are some of the, what are some of the signs if you, if you think you are codependent, because I feel like it's so black, it's so, it, it needs to be, it needs to be a little bit more black and white. It needs to be more defined for us to really talk about different signals as to whether you think you might be codependent or not. Because I think for me, when I read the book, she was so forthright in defining codependency that it was unmistakable that I was codependent. It was unmistakable what I needed to do to get out of a relationship where I actually lost myself. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into it. But before that, let's take a break. And we're back. We're going to give you all of the signs and telltale flags of codependency because these these will help you not to define you but to just start to give some awareness about what's happening in your relationships take what you like leave what you don't and just marinate in the list I think right yeah for me it was it was very helpful and it gave me a sense of ease and not ease and that this is easy to figure out how to how to make a change or how to do things differently, but an ease like, Oh gosh. But I said earlier in the episode that it's like, there's really nothing wrong with me that can't be tweaked and that can't be looked at in terms of changing my behaviors. And really what I love the most about it was it deepened my relationship with myself. And I started to get an understanding of what I wanted and what I needed and who I am and yeah, it was really the beginning, I guess. You know, we talk so much about the relationship that you have with yourself is the most important relationship you'll ever have in life. 
It really was the beginning, 1985, 1984, late 84 was beginning of 85 was really the beginning of the relationship that I have with myself today. It was that unfolding of that and really understanding the importance of it. And if nothing else too, it's breaking down what you think is what a relationship should look like because of what society has told us and starting to formulate your own ideas of what's healthy and what's healthy for you or aligned for you and not what you think that you have to do. Let me give you an example really fast, Michelle, before we, I I just had this happen to me in the past month. I was in a really difficult discussion with someone and we have a working relationship And at the end of it, I said, you know what? I said, I'm not really happy with the outcomes of all of this and how this is all unfolding. I said, I'm really bothered by some of it. I said, I think I'm, I said, I think I need to digest some of this. So I'm taking a break. I'm going to take a break from this and I'll, I'll let you know, and I'll come back to it later. And the person said to me, you know what? I'll call you in a couple of days once you calm down. (sighs) And so I thought, no. I'm, I'm perfectly fine right now. I'm not liking it. I have a lot of issues with this that I want to digest. I will call you back when I'm ready. And so I use that example because it was the perfect example. Probably what would have happened to me in the past decades ago, I might've said, oh my gosh, okay, yes, you know, I am pretty irritated right now. And I would probably explain myself of why I don't, why I don't, like what's happening or why I'm unsettled with what's happening. But no, I said it perfectly. I don't exactly know what it is inside of me, but I'm not liking what I'm feeling right now and what's happening in this situation and how it's unfolding. I'll get back to you once I sort it all out. But instead the person took it as, oh, you're being really emotional. You're, you know, when you calm down, I'll get back to you. So I just, this is an example of codependency and how if you can just stay, learn to stay in your power of what it is you're feeling and believing and not get triggered by what another person might say or do. Yeah, totally. You know, it's just, it's interesting to look at relationships through this lens now. Mm-hmm. You can pick up on things. It's like the tools in your back pocket. Like, oh, okay. So let's get into some of the science. We won't make you wait any longer. Um, firstly is putting other people's needs above your own. And this is, I was, as I was researching a bit, you know, this is where some, the, (laughs) it's a line to toe because obviously if you're a parent or you have young children, you know, you're going to put your children's needs sometimes above your own. That's how things work. So clearly we're looking at these, at this particular one in a situation of specificity of, okay, a romantic relationship where you go above and beyond or a friendship where you go above and beyond or a family member where you go above and beyond, but not what's the quote unquote normal dynamic of whatever. So I want to clarify that. I love what you just said about children and all of that. I want to clarify that because this is how I've been defining it over the years and really take this, really take this with Life is, un, it's a, all the learnings are unfolding. So I, I, I learned about this book and read it and started really engaging with it and, and putting it into practice in my life. And, 
you know, almost 40 years ago. And it's still unfolding for me. So what I take, putting other person's needs above your own. So here's my take on this. Of course, I might have to put my children's needs above mine. Of course, I might have to put my elderly parents or caregiving needs above mine. Of course, as loving people, we will do that. But I'm not also going to allow everyone else in the world, everyone else in my sphere to have their needs above my own. So I really feel strongly about this. I was, my father was sick for 40 some days in the hospital and I was there every day. And I, I wanted, I put his need and my deep desire to care for him and be there for him first. But that meant I had to also look at what do I need in order to be able to do that. And what I needed in order to be able to do that was put everyone else in the back burner, (laughs) like all the rest of my family, all the rest of my friends, my work, or whatever it was that I was doing took second place. So I just want to make sure that people understand that because we get some pushback on that. Well, of course, we're going to put our kids first. Of course, we're going to put our elderly. Yes, but you also then have to look at your life and what then has to give so that I can have the energy and the sustainability to be able to do that because I cannot give everyone their needs first, I will not survive. I will not, I would not have had the energy for 40 plus days to be there fully for my dad. So I just really want to make that clear. We get a lot of pushback from that. Of course, there are times when in children and all of that, but that means something else has to give along the way. That means you can't be there for someone else or you can't put your needs last all the time. If you're putting your needs first and taking care of someone else. Yeah, and it's like that concept of putting on your own um, oxygen mask on the airplane before you go to put the mask on your loved one, like they say in the safety videos. Of course, you have to take care of yourself and fill your own cup before you can pour and, and fill up somebody else's. Taking care of yourself is kind of separate from how you show up in your relationships, but it's like the way that I look at this one is just at least in that relationship that I was talking about, this person would need X, Y, and Z. And I would put aside all of my needs, wants, goals, desires, wishes to fulfill those needs for this one person and putting aside all of the other relationships too in my life to make that person happy. Denying maybe family work, friends for that person. So it's like that person wants to go do this instead of the thing that we had planned with all these other people. Oh, we have to go do this. This person doesn't want to do it. Oh, we have to, we have to do that. It's like making that person almost have like a godlike complex, but we'll continue. And then the second is like feeling like you can't live without another person. I think that's the being independent, feeling like you're being comfortable in your own skin, feeling your own power, feeling your own strength, knowing that whatever life sends your way, you have enough to not only survive, but to thrive. And I think it's really, really important to understand that other people complement our lives. They bring joy, they bring happiness, they bring fulfillment, they might bring success, beauty, all of the things, of course, and we will miss them dearly, miss them dearly. But we can survive and ultimately thrive if someone is no longer in our lives. I think it's really important to understand that 
because then it makes the beauty of the other person even stronger. For me, it does anyway. Makes me appreciate and be even more present. Yeah, I think that's very well said. The next is relying your happiness on someone or something else, which for me was huge. I was only happy if the relationship was okay. If I, the relationship was not okay, I was miserable. I mean, what I thought was happy. Obviously, I was miserable throughout. But in my mind, if I could make the relationship okay, then I could be happy. And, of course, relying your happiness on anything in the external world just does not work. For sure. And I think I think back on relationships that I've had, especially this one that I'm almost out of, I remember back thinking, you know, are you happy? Asking other, asking him or asking other people, are they happy? You know, and if they said no, it destroyed, you know, it would, it would, it would destroy me. It was like, oh my gosh, well, how can you be, can you please be happy? (laughs) So it is interesting. And I think it leads perfectly to the next one. It's people pleasing to an extreme level. Mm -hmm. Like I'll do anything to make you happy. I'll do anything to do whatever it is that you want to do. I'll do anything for you to be successful. I'll do anything if you just like me and be happy. So I think it's, that idea of really trying to, I like, please, like we're so, we're so enmeshed and we're so codependent. I'm so co- codependent with you that I'm not happy unless you are. So mm-hmm. I got to make you happy. Yeah. So, and not even thinking about what would make me happy. I, I don't even think I knew. No. I don't have any idea. Maybe that's well, why you see me Because it's the so- disconnection from self. Exactly. You have no connection. It's almost like, when you're so deeply embedded in a codependent situation, you you have to cut it from your, you have to cut yourself off from yourself because if the more that you connect with yourself, the more you'll hear that voice of like, this isn't right. You yeah. don't want this. This isn't what's in your best interest. You should do something differently. Maybe you should take a break, whatever. You have to cut yourself off from yourself to keep it afloat eventually because you can't keep having that battle. So for me, at least, this situation went on for so long, I was fully cut off from myself and just kind of this weird half Michelle that I don't even know. Well, and that's why you started this episode. You see me so happy today and so much energy and so lively. I'm not worried about trying to make other people happy. I'm just happy. I'm being myself and showing up fully in my own grandeur and my own presence. And I'm fully present with the people that I'm with. So the happiness that I'm feeling from the inside out I I mean, I hope other people are feeling happy and that they're enjoying their time, but that's not my primary concern. Or your problem or your... Or my thought. Not even my thought. I'm only thinking about how can I show up and be me? And I'm really excited to do that. So, you know, and not having rigid... Next one, not having rigid expectations of what we think will make, make ourselves happy or make other people happy. Like this whole idea of what happiness is, so... Yeah. I think to the rigid expectations is like, for me, at least in that situation, I did not think that I could not be in it. The only way to to be happy was that figuring that relationship out. Like there was, there wasn't even option A or B. It was just option A and there was nothing else. But in reality, like you said that your therapist said to you all those years ago, you think you have option A or B, but you have options A through Z. I had my whole life of options and opportunities and possibilities. And obviously my life has progressed past that relationship into a completely different life with completely different people and all of the things that I never even could have imagined because I was so honed in on and so rigid into that that was it. 
I had to have that. That was the key to happiness. So it's that rigidity. And I love that because then that leads to the next one. Because we're that rigid, we lose our sense of any boundaries of what we will and won't tolerate because the ultimate goal is this is the only choice that I have. I've got to stay in this relationship and I've got to make it work and I've got to be happy and the other person has to be happy. So you don't have boundaries. You don't, you don't even know what you, you know, there are things that you don't want to tolerate, but you're thinking, okay, this will change if I just, if I just change this in myself or if I just make this other person happy. So we're constantly then the next one going against and participating in things that absolutely are not in our best interest. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see, can you see how the domino of that is? Don't have any choices. I've got to stay in this relationship. So I got to make it work. So I got to make them happy. So I got to forego any things that are not in my best interest. I've got to, I don't even know what I will and won't tolerate because I'm so enmeshed in this idea that it doesn't matter. I got to make it work at all costs. And I think this is why it's so hard for so many of us to set boundaries as we grow out of these dynamics and these situations because we've gone so long in this sense of no boundaries loosey-goosey, whatever. And now to then flip the script in our own mind of what's healthy, the thought of boundaries is like sometimes impossible. So just thinking about that. Yeah, then that leads into the next one. We ignore the intuition or the hits that we're getting in our stomach. Sometimes that I always say the body always knows first. The body is sending us messages all the time. So we might be feeling you know, pits in their stomach, upset stomach, pain in the neck, all the things in the body is trying to tell us what's happening, but we ignore the intuition. And I'm sure, I mean, you had me on you quite a bit. I don't, I don't think I was a nag or anything, but you could tell that I was not a fan of this relationship because I could just see you losing and losing and losing yourself every time. And I also saw his behavior and his ways that he treated you and just the way he acted. And so I think loved ones, you know, when you're in a codependent relationship, there are loved ones around us all the time trying to trying to help us see, wait a minute, this is not okay. You know, you deserve better. You know, other people are seeing how amazing we are, how much we deserve better, but it's really hard for us to see it. Yeah. I think that ignoring your intuition and advice of loved ones piece was huge for me. I always, at the beginning, would get these hits like, this isn't, you should not do this or don't move to Chicago. I know I talked about that or don't do this or don't do that. And I ignored it. But then ignoring what other people would, the loved ones, the advice, you know, of course you said it often, but I had other people, other friends who were like this, you could do better than this. Like, this is not what you deserve or this is not what's, this isn't right for you. Like, when are you going to end this? And it was almost like I would hear those things and I'll be like, I'll prove you wrong. It was almost like a challenge of like, okay, you think that I'll show you that you're, you're wrong. So the more you start to sever that connection to yourself and be so rigid with the expectations of what you think you want, the more lengths you'll go to prove everybody else wrong, that it's good and that you might think it's bad, but I'm going to show you once we get out of this phase, it's going to be fine. And you're going to say, oh, wow, I was wrong. Um, I always was like, yeah, you might think that. That's nice of you to think that, but I'll show you. I'll show you. So it's just, it's interesting to look back on it for sure. 
It is. And I think is the longer you're in a relationship like that, because yours lasted five years, I think, mm. four or five years. It was longer. Longer. So the longer you're in it, then as you keep enduring it and keep enduring it, then it starts to seep in. This next one, you start to feel stuck. You know, I'm stuck. I'm trapped. And now I really don't even know how the change is going to happen. But now you're more desperate than ever for the change to happen. Like I've invested so much time in this. I've been doing it. Now I really feel stuck. I don't even know what my options would be, even if I thought I had some to begin with. And you start to really become unclear and trapped. And then it leads to the last one. You really don't have a sense of your own identity. What, who am I? What do I want? What do I want of my life? So you can kind of see the picture that the puzzle that we just put together for you, that the ultimate then is you've truly lost yourself. That, that there is no separation between you and the other person. You literally are trapped. This is my life. This is my lot in life. I'm going to have to endure it somehow. Let me figure out how to do this. And you've totally lost your sense of who you are and your sense of desires and wishes and ultimate dreams for your life. Yeah. There's no separation whatsoever in in the end stages, I believe, of codependency. No, there isn't. <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, no, I, no, no. I, I know this. Back to a different time. I know. Sorry, I'm sure it can bring up a lot. It's huge. That's why we started. No, it's this. just it's, it. This is a huge topic. It is. It is probably the most important. I just believe it's the most important thing that we could be talking about right now. How do we? How do we lose ourselves? How do we get to a place where that teacher said to me, decade ago, no one has the power to name who you are. It's just very interesting to look back and reflect back on this time and to remember, you know, certain things and certain dynamics and certain situations and just really that deep feeling of always yearning for like the next nice, pleasant experience and never knowing when you're going to get it and living your life based around that is just really sad but I'm so grateful for it because what that loss of sense of identity and desires. And I think ultimately too, those real, those codependent relationships, they can't work. They can't last. And so they end badly. You know, that relationship of mine ended really badly and badly for me. You know, I got really so sucked in and duped that like it took just, seeing the worst things and feeling the worst things in order to push me out. You get pushed out. And so that happened to me, which was, of course, so painful. I literally thought that I was going to die, live my whole life, a whole full life, and die and never get over this situation. I thought I was going to be sad and heartbroken and miserable and never, ever, ever get over it in that moment. So it's, it's fascinating for me to look back on it because and feel grateful for it, which is something I never thought that I would say that that whole death of myself, of course, led to a new exploration of who I am and what I wanted because being pushed out of that, being pushed out of my life, you know, because like, like you right now going through a divorce, you have some friends that come and go, you have some parts of your life that are leaving or falling away and you're just kind of left of like, okay, what do I do now? And that happened to me. Friends, situations, habits, 
work, all of it kind of fell away and, and you're left with, okay, well, what do I want to create now? And that led me on a different path, a different journey. And I mean, ultimately led me to working with you. So. <laughs> Here we are today. Um, but you do, it's like you lose yourself and then you really have to find your way back to yourself. And that is the blessing. I mean, it's so hard to ever see a blessing, but I think as I look at all that I'm going to be sharing in the next year, the idea that the blessing is I have a blank slate now and I can create whatever I want. I can actually look at my life. What do I like? What do I, what do I want to take out? I remember when you were in the throes of this relationship, especially I would say three quarters of the way through, I remember saying to you once, Michelle, you either need to dump him first before he dumps you. And you got so angry with me. I remember this whole conversation because I could see it on the wall. And I love what you just vulnerably shared that you were literally pushed out. What happened to you, it was very traumatic. And just the whole way that that unfolded to the very end. And I think I am so grateful and so loving and proud and just so happy for you that you can be sitting here today talking about how grateful you are that it even happened because look at the, per you, you've actually embodied your whole self now. You, and these are some of the things we want to talk about. How can you create the life that you came here to live and start to dissolve some of the codependent behaviors? And this is exactly what you did little by little by little. And look at you today. You are extraordinary. I mean, we're all extraordinary, but we lose the light. We lose our ability to see how magnificent we really are. And so I think it starts with, you know, it, you need that clean break. And so he actually did you a favor by, by throwing you out or pushing you out or ending it or however that whole thing went down. Yeah. Thank and, God. And so now, you know, looking at the things that then as you were, as you were not picking up the pieces of your life, see, that's where I don't care for that phrase so much. You weren't picking up the pieces of your life. You did were I actually, say that? no, people oh. say that. No, you didn't say that at all. I'm just saying we like to redefine situations in life. I like better, like you, 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 you now have a blank sheet and you're now creating, you're adding into, you're actually looking at your life. What do I want here? Who am I? What do I want? What is going to, what is going to serve me in this moment so that I can be the greatest version of who I am? So then I can show up in life and be helpful and a great version for others. Yeah. And you know, this process of coming out of a codependent situation and starting over is not pleasant or nice or easy or it's horrible. quick or any of those things. Because when I, you know, got pushed out of the relationship and pushed out of all of the things that I was comfortable but miserable in, you're alone and you're sad and you're confused and you just have to sit with yourself in this new situation and you can't change it and you can't fix it, but you just have to be with the feelings and not push them away anymore like you had for so long. And that really, really sucks and it's difficult and it's painful. But as you start to sit with it and kind of move through it and feel a little bit stronger, you start to establish that connection with yourself again. And of course, having some tools and practices that help you connect obviously are even better. But I had a life coach say to me years ago, Allison, like what I always loved is just follow the breadcrumb, follow the breadcrumbs of like, of, of what excites you or interests you. And at that time, yoga was it for me. 
So I followed that breadcrumb and went into yoga teacher training. That breadcrumb led me to this, to that, to this. So it's like following the breadcrumbs of what excites you can help bring you back to that that person that you are that's been living inside of you that you've disconnected from yourself. Bring you back to yourself. And I think that yoga, you know, as, as we now move into ways to start to dissolve, really, to start to tease away, like like a knotted, think about a hair being all knotted up and you're taking a comb and you're trying to tease out all the knots in the hair. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to dissolve and tease out all the codependent behaviors that we've been so used to and conditioned to do. And so that yoga teacher training led you to a daily meditation and mindfulness practice. And I think that's the first step, those, I, those ways of coming back to yourself and really starting to establish the second part, establishing that strong centered relationship with yourself that that deep friendship where you can kind of trust and love and accept yourself completely and learning how to take care of yourself for the very first time what do I need what do I want who am I yeah and getting clear on what you want in your life establishing a sense of self-confidence and self-worth and believing that you're worthy of of your desires and not just what's in front of you you know you don't have to settle that was the biggest thing for me too is that I don't have to settle I can live my life in alignment of what I want and not settle for anything less and of course having boundaries getting clear of what you will and will not tolerate and that's a big one you know you think I thought that everyone would like me if I was just chill and I didn't care about anything everything was fine but that's it's not a way to be happy or to live your life. And people don't like you anymore if you're just this person that's flapping in the wind. And I think, think about that if you're saying that to yourself. Uh, everything is just fine. If everyone likes me, everything is just fine. I don't really care about anything. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I don't really care. It's not true. We're really abandoning ourselves big time. Like We are not giving ourselves any credit for being worthy, extraordinary human beings. So we're really ab- abandoning we, of course we care. Of course it's not fine if certain things happen. So we we really have to deny ourselves to say something like that. I don't care. You know, whatever you want to do, it's fine. Ugh, that was so mean. I don't, have so any, I don't have any feelings about it. I'm fine. You know, it's, that's, it's just not true. Yeah. So I think really understanding that and, and starting to say, wait a minute, if your mind says, I don't care, I'm fine. Say, Keep- wait a minute, I do care. Let me take a moment here and see how I feel. People like confidence and clarity and self-assuredness and assertiveness. I remember my dad always used to try and teach me to be assertive. And I'm like, why would I want to be assertive? Who likes that? And now I'm like, no, he was right. And lastly is, of course, to seek professional assistance when necessary. I don't think, outside of you, mom, Codependent Amore, the book, and my therapist, I I don't know how I would have gotten through that. The three pillars of my... (laughs) healing and therapy is I think probably pretty necessary when untangling a codependent situation especially when you think about some of the traumas you've been through as well which I'm sure will unpack and unfold as we move through the these episodes of the podcast we have so gonna much trauma mind me we have so for the pod <laughs> for content we have so much to share with you all but I think you know and if you you can't afford a therapist or there isn't one available that that you mesh with I really think reaching out and having one other person that you can just talk to 
that isn't there to give you advice, that isn't there to tell you what's right or wrong with you. Just someone that you can express your feelings to is huge. There was a time in my life when I didn't have some, I didn't have the opportunity. So having that one person that I could actually, you know, just, just say how you feel and what's happening without looking for someone to fix it or help you, but just to actually, just to be able to speak it. Because the more that you can, you, you love journaling, we should do a whole thing on journaling, but you love journaling and just to eat, just to write it down, just to be able to express it, just to get it out, to get it out on paper, to get it out to another human being. Getting it out helps you get clear. I think for me, it helps me get, it has helped me get clear. And it's like putting it out there in the universe. Wow, this is what I desire. This is what I want. This is how I'm feeling. And it, it, it really kind of acts, I think, as a, well, not a block, but it acts as a guard for you to go back on yourself. Well, maybe I didn't really feel that way. Oh, maybe they were right and I was wrong. No, stand strong in your convictions of who you are and how you feel in every given moment. Yeah. I love this. I love it. So hopefully this is helpful for you to just start to identify some of the common symptoms, signs of codependency, how you can start to unravel it. Definitely check out the book. We'll link it in the show notes if that appeals to you. But just know that you're you're worthy of loving, kind, compassionate, supportive relationships. You don't need to be a certain way for people to like you and to love you. And if you're feeling that way, just know it's a sign that there's better out there. Yeah, those people aren't for you. There's Good eight, to know. Eight billion people on the planet and you are worthy. I love you and you are loved. Thank you, Michelle. I love you dearly. Love you, mom. Thanks for sharing your Let whole us know your experience thoughts. with that relationship. Always happy to trauma mine for the pod. For the BKB community. Um, but yeah, let us know how you what you think and what comes up for you or if you have any thoughts about codependency, as always. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We're so grateful for all of you. And it really is special for us to be able to share life with you all, honestly. So thank you. If you haven't yet, make sure you're following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod. Of course, that's the best way to stay in touch with us. Please make sure you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. And if you haven't yet, give us a five-star rating and a glowing review. It helps us so much and we'd be so grateful. Thank you so much for listening again. Thanks for being with us. And we'll chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.